Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We are Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. And today you are joining us for a very special bonus episode of the show. We usually do a live stream every Friday on your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube and Twitch. But this time we had to prepare a special episode because we saw DC's The Flash, which if you're hearing this is out now. And we have so much to talk about with this pivotal DC Universe movie that we needed an entire episode just to do it. So joining me today in comic book studios is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar, one of our big comic book experts, Mr. Connor Casey, one of our wrestling and general geek culture experts, and from the home studio, the person we threw into all of this wild experiment, Miss Janelle Wheeler is with us. And as I said, this is our bonus episode dedicated entirely to talking about the Flash movie spoilers. So if you guys have not seen this, The Flash yet, look, we got two other episodes. We got a review episode. We have a non-spoiler instant reaction you can listen to on this same platform or on whatever video or podcast downloading platform you're listening to. So check those out if you haven't seen the movie. This is for people who have seen the movie and are ready to get into it with us. Guys, let's start right off the top. We got to see The Flash together. Let's go around and just kind of talk about how we felt about the film and like what we would rate it. I've been doing my thinking. Uh, for me, I'm taking the safe, safe position that this is a good, easy kind of like 3.5 star movie. For me, um, there's some silly elements. There's some, you know, technical things that I don't think were as polished, at least in the version we saw. But I thought that there's a good heart to this. There's a good story to this. There's some. There's a lot of good performances in this, and it kind of surprisingly delivers a very fun Back to the Future storyline. I would even go maybe as high as four. I think at about three point five four is where I would kind of rate the Flash. Mm. But let's just go around real quick, Matt. As the comic book expert, uh, what, what, do you, what do you think? I'm in your ballpark. I think 3.5 is actually, there are times when I think about Ezra's main like through line story that I go, maybe that bumps it up to a four, you know, cause there were some emotional moments that got me. And so I go, maybe that's a four, but like 3.5 is probably where like 3.5 to four is where I sit on it. I enjoyed it far more than I expected to. And the action, the action stuff that's in here is fantastic it's a spectacle it's all the things you want in this type of superhero movie with emotional backbone so uh, yeah 3.54 sounds for me janelle let's just hop to your window what, what would be your star rating out of five yeah i'm gonna give it a solid four i think you guys are definitely uh, onto something and i uh i there was a lot of emotion here and nothing cringy um and just it was very enjoyable i actually went and saw spider-verse last night and I stacked those two against each other and I actually liked this more, so. 
Oof, we could get into that all day. Oh, yeah. But that, we're going to talk Love about that spies. on our Flash Review Podcast. We are, we're going to get into that ranking this movie amongst some summer movie and DC movies. But Connor Casey, if you listen to our Flash Instant Reaction Podcast, which you should do anyway, Connor had a very different view of this movie. I am so curious to hear what is your star rating? I also give it a four out of ten. Because okay. this was not very good. Uh, it, it, it's and you you pointed out in my reaction that was a bit all over the place because this movie is all over the place. Uh, does the emotional journey that the Flash take does that work? Yes. Does Sasha Kaye work? Yes. Does Michael Keaton as Batman returning again after all these years? Absolutely. Michael Shannon looks bored. The third act does not work. They walk right up to the line of having something really interesting to say, and they back off. The cameos were underwhelming. The CGI is. Jim Carrey Christmas Carol levels of bad. Oh, wow. wow. And I don't know. That's the second kind of Christmas winter movie you have besmirched. Yeah, stop bashing on Christmas movies. keep bashing those bad mid 2000s CGI movies. Polar I, Express and now Jim Carrey. I refuse. And if you've seen the Speed Force sequence, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or those you. babies at the beginning. So, what is also, the star rating out of five? Two and a half. I cannot go higher. Okay, all right. So here you here you have it. We got like 3.54, but that's good because I think that's a good average. So that puts us within like a three, 3.5 yeah. range for this movie out of five altogether collectively. That's our, we ain't gonna say the name of that other site. That's our comic book tomatoes kind of score here. We giving it about a solid three, 3.5 out of five. Um, all right, so that's how we feel about the film. Let's get into it, okay? So we're gonna do this kind of step by step. First, let's talk about the thing that I'm sure a lot of people are going to be immediately buzzing about if they're coming out of the movie and probably turning on this podcast. Some crazy, crazy DC crossover cameos in this film. We've heard about them for so long uh, and we finally got them. Connor's made his position clear. He thought it, they were underwhelming. But let's just go through what happens. So this is the spoilers part. We are now getting into yeah. this. This is your last chance to no bail No turning out. back. No turning back. Spoiler alert. Here we go. So we have a lot of like little Snyderverse cameos, right? Starting right from the beginning, Gal Gadot's Wonder, I mean, there's stuff we knew. We knew Ben Affleck's Batman mm -hmm. was in it, all that. But uh, Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman shows up on Great a bridge. Great sequence, yeah. She's just doing everything. I mean, she's just stumping for the entire DCU. I, I mean, she's like, point. if you're gonna make me show up in Shazam 2, at least let me show up for a Yeah, for something one. good in the Flash, yeah. So we got Ben Affleck's Batman, Gal Gadot, you know, we get a fake out with Superman from the back with Henry Cavill's Superman from the back. Um, Jason Momoa's Aquaman shows up in the final end credit sequence. Uh, but we get some things from the DC universe that was or almost was as well. Oh, Tamar Morrison as Aquaman's father shows mm -hmm. up in a in a flashpoint scene to be like, yeah, I've never- They let him out of his back to tank for a minute? Yeah, <laughs> sort of, he can only go in that house. It was house. all healed He's, up. That man has two places he can go, the back to tank or that house by the lighthouse. Um, but yeah, he shows up for that kind of cameo. Um, and of course, Michael Shannon, Andre, uh, Andre Trow, like uh, the original Man of Steel. We all know those. The girl with the short haircut like, yeah. from Man of Steel. The, that did something to me. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy, I, mean, I wasn't BDSM before Man of Steel, but uh, we'll did I imagine Jeremy Irons? Uh, no, no, Jeremy Irons. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, I was in it. As um, so the best fun cameos, but the big ones, of course, are we get. Uh, Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater as the original kind of Donner era Superman and Supergirl cool in 
this final sequence where Barry's kind of messed up the multiverse and there are these, all these incursions kind of happening to these different worlds of DC that look like stacked round toy shells, kind of horribly rendered CGI. But uh, within those worlds, we get to see these alternate DC characters. Um, and so we see the original Donner era, Superman and Supergirl. Is that George Reeves? Or? Uh, well, we get George Reeves as well. Yeah, George Reeves is in one part, yeah. yep. Christopher Reeve and uh, like I said, Helen Slater, the original kind of movie Superman and Supergirl are in there. Uh, the most fun one I think is they yeah. actually put Nick Cage in a Superman Amazing. suit. Amazing. Uh, so the movie hasn't come out yet, but like is 10% of the audience gonna get that joke? Like we obviously do because we're I in the didn't bubble. Get it. But well, Janelle then get like right. no, unless you know was, that story of Superman lives, you have no idea why he wasn't he's there. there. That was my only qualm. Yeah, I also love so, that yeah. he's fighting a spider. Yeah, the, which, which if you, is, if you know that Superman lives, been so you know intrinsic. Why. Yes, to, to look if you listen to Kevin Smith talk for a little bit, there's a chance. Yeah, you, you I even have put it any in kind here. of thing. Watch the documentary. I think we have the picture of uh of from that movie Tim Burton's. So the Nick Cage thing for anybody who doesn't get it was Tim Burton almost made a movie called Superman Lives, like early on in the 2000s. And this went into pre-production. It was gonna be wild. It was gonna be after the death of Superman, uh, Superman coming back from the dead, kind of a play on the comic, you know, event of the 90s with Nick Cage as Superman. And it was gonna be, a Brainiac was gonna be the villain. And then one sequence was gonna be Superman having to fight this giant spider. Mm -hmm. right? This is great. Yeah, and there's a whole book written about like this and yeah, like a really good documentary, documentary made yeah. about it. It's infamous. Yeah, the and spider. yeah, about how crazy this concept for Nick Cage's Superman was. And so this movie kind of honors that by actually having Nick Cage come in, get into the suit and recreate that spider fight sequence from the concept art that everybody that has been that like, cool. you know, like as Connor said, DC hardcore is like, this has been floating around for years now. Mm -hmm. And so, we get to see that play out, which I enjoy. I love that. I, I love that, <laughs> I that so great. much. And of course, we're left with the big, big, big cliffhanger that is going to have everybody spazzing out, uh, where Barry gets back to his own universe to find he's changed some things, including we now have a very different Batman in the form of George Clooney, star of Batman and Robin, getting out of the limo. And of course, that's how the Flash ends with the reveal that. Clooney's Batman is now the Batman. The best Bruce Wayne, because he is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> George Clooney's Bruce Wayne in real life. And has always been the best Bruce Wayne. He yeah, is I mean, him. Yeah, no, I mean, I, agree. I, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you. He is the best Bruce Wayne. Like, so let's just start from this, because I know that's the meat and potatoes that everybody really wants to talk about. Do you guys think, and this kind of goes into the larger question of, I know I'm gonna skip around here, but there's a metaphor in this movie, of course, about what the DC multiverse is and what's happening in The Flash. And it's a bowl of spaghetti that Michael Keaton's Batman is making. Wonderful yeah. analogy, by the way. Yeah, I got that. It works for what their <laughs> idea of the multiverse is, because yeah. Yeah. For, for multiverse, depends on who you ask and how they try to explain it. But it's like, actually, if you just mess with time, it all gets mangled up and the director has free reign to grab from anywhere and say, that's history now. Yeah, as and, opposed to yeah. like literally just splitting off into a different time. Guys. But like I, I understood this one better than I understood Marvels. Okay, like I, Marvels, you had to explain yes. to me in three different freaking projects for me to really grasp. Which okay. none of them still makes sense. I'm no, sure no, this one I got in five minutes. And yeah, I go, and yeah, I'm that not makes sure sense. Sure, if Sylvie, <laughs> Kingpin. 
or Doctor Strange broke the multiverse. I'm not sure. Or so did I they give just, it credit. Or, Wanda, or did they just all do it at the same time and everybody was just like, oh, there we go. They, they all did it to a level where it doesn't matter. So just or if it was show. just like that week in Marvel, like where all the superheroes came in one week, right? Always and define your hard concepts by noodles. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, this was just a narrative <laughs> way. Excuse me. Uh, it was a narrative way for DC to basically say, yeah, we do just pick and choose what we want. Mm -hmm. It's and a bag. And because this noodle fell this way, and that's why. Why, if you ask this question in the future, go look at the noodle bowl. It'll explain everything. But um, do you guys think that this movie, and this goes to a very large point that we talked about in the reactions piece, which is what do you do with the future of this with the Ezra Miller of it all? And we all came to the conclusion on the reactions piece, we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole, go listen to the reactions piece. But we came to the conclusion that this is pretty much gonna probably be a wait and see for Warner Brothers to see when this movie comes out, does the real life stuff, because as we said, Ezra Miller, they're not necessarily a mainstream Heartland America box office draw yet. Like they, their, their career for all the great things they've done on screen hasn't penetrated like the average movie goer who only knows about like two movies per year. You know, that whole SNL thing. I don't remember what movies have come out. Like, those people don't know. So will this movie actually spark the controversy all over again? When people begin like, oh, that dude in The Flash is great. And then it's like, well, it's not a dude. It's a non-binary, you know, icon who's also had this long line of crazy criminal allegations. And that's, you know, we're going to have who is Ezra Miller pieces are going to be interesting, mm -hmm. right? So... Yeah. So what happens here? And I think that hinges a lot on what the reaction is and what to do with Ezra Miller. But is this the book end? Because you could conceivably say, based on what the noodle model showed us and all the incursions <laughs> and stuff we saw, this is the end noodle of just model. one of those like little marble <laughs> yeah. shelves, like the marble shaped DC shelf worlds, right? The Snyderverse, all this stuff. It's its own little spinning thing out there. But when we come back in, we're on a different one of those, right? And it's not the same. Or is this the new continuity we're building out of? And so that comes back to saying, is Clooney's thing a one-off, just a joke at the end of the Snyderverse? To say, hey, you know, we fixed the Snyderverse, it's over and it's the ending and now this is our Batman, ha 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 ha. Or is this the guy we gotta start thinking about for Brave and the Bold? This this was very much a, hey, here's a one-off joke. Yeah. Clooney could take a break from his coffee commercials to walk on set and walk out of a car for a couple of hours, and that'd be the end of it. Like this, it, it felt like a, it, it was just a punchline at the end of like, hey, he, he messed with one thing about his dad looking up at the camera because he moved the tomatoes, which out of context, that sentence sounds like I just had a stroke, but... <laughs> It, it's like, okay, you change the one thing, so something else has to change, and what is it? Clooney's Batman again. And it was just a punchline. Yeah, and, and, and Janelle talked about it in the reactions, and I, I, met, I touched on it too, like, the for as people are going to walk into this movie thinking that this is the big grand finale for the DCEU, and it's not really. It, it's it's kind of small in certain ways, where I'm just like, that if this is this is the big send off, really? This is it? This is all we're gonna get? Okay. And and ride off into the sunset and Gunn's gonna be like, okay, it's all new. And if you're like, hey, why isn't this person playing this yep. character? And where's where's Gal? It's like, guys, whole new ball game. 
Yeah. You know, the rules are different again. Don't expect Jeremy Irons as Alfred to show up. Don't expect any version of Batman to show up. By the way, no Nolan presence at all. What the hell? And no Pattinson. Like this feels e this felt th th that felt easy. And okay, that nothing. one's actually so. I don't. But no one is, always not, is its own thing. Yeah. Oh, no one's never going to let so, his stuff be wrapped so up in the, this. No, but so I know. But I don't think stuff. But, but I don't think. Yeah, there? but that's more. Nolan has successfully, I think. I don't even think it's a bad thing. I just think he's he's very much like kind of insulated that yeah. whole universe to be this is the Nolan Batman. But you verse, couldn't have had a screenshot of Tom Hardy's Bane. I agree. I just think I don't take that as a knock towards it. I just think that's more of a Nolan seems very protective. And it's also Warner, it's not even Nolan. Warner Brothers is high in DC are highly protective of Batman. So they don't like they won't let you use Batman for anything or for any amount of that will cause any amount of confusion for what they're planning or sure. doing. By the way, Batman 66 so, was in the cameos too, right? Yeah, yes, yeah Adam West was in the cameos yeah. as well. So yeah, but um, it's been too many kind of crossover cameos between this and Spider-Verse. I'm <laughs> straight. But um, yeah, I don't think we're ever gonna see the Nolan-verse referenced in, in League without, just like you're not gonna see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker in there either. Like, it's oh, just, yeah, but if there were ever a movie to just be like, hey, here's an image of them. Yeah, I mean. Th this is the one to do it. Yeah, and of course. And, and, and that's why, again, why it feels small. It's like, if you want this to be, it's your flashpoint. And the final sequence is basically Crisis on Infinite Earths with the Earth with the different realities smashing together. This is the one time where you can have Adam West and Nolan Batman exist in the same plane of existence. Yeah. And I they mean, didn't do it. If you want to do that, though, you can also read Batman 900, which very much does do that. Sure. Um, but uh, no, I, did, I mean, and I want to talk about this and kind of now get into deeper kind of the best and worst aspects of this film and kind of pick it apart a little bit. But I think that's what I personally thought was good about this movie was it isn't just a DC Snyderverse ending event film like we all thought it was going to be. And if you really look at the Snyderverse, I think what this does is they had one more thing to do, which was Barry Allen's story was unfinished, very much so. But after Justice, specifically Zack Snyder's Justice League, two Wonder Woman movies, Batman and Superman and Justice League and Aquaman one, the rest of the Justice League story is arguably cut off and finished. Cyborg gets kind of his story arc. Aquaman and, gets his another movie. Yeah, yeah. And so does Wonder Woman. She's established herself. We know why she's here. We know why she's doing what she's doing now and saving the world after Steve Trevor and all that after two movies. We know why Aquaman has now found his way to hero. Batman v Superman and Justice League bring Bruce Wayne, Batman around to being, you know, a brighter kind of hero. It brings Superman back from the dead as his better, happier, you know, brighter self. And like I said, they're all tied off. It was only Barry who still had a lot of crazy stuff to deal with, with his dad and the trauma of his thing. So I get why this is the last solo movie in this franchise and also kind of an epilogue for this part of the franchise and doing their own version of Flashpoint. So I got that and I was actually more pleasantly surprised by that. And I think I'm gonna be in the minority in that, but like I liked a third act and we said this now we can get into it on reactions. So let's talk best and worst moments. Cause I think the ending and the beginning of this movie are the two gonna be the most highly debated points of this mm. movie. Uh, we'll get to the baby sequence in a second, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I liked that the ending turned out to be, and we were always kind of kept in the dark about who the true villain of this. And we saw dark flash toys and we were all like, oh boy, what's this gonna be? Mm -hmm. But I liked how they used the time travel mechanics and doing this and Barry's obsession 
to show that this constant thing that really needed to be fixed was him mm -hmm. and his emotions and his kind of obsession led to this universal break. And then even when he met his variant self, that variant self started to get all twerk, you know, like tweaked mm -hmm. out and started, you know, going nuts too, to the point of doing that whole dark flash timeline and never giving up on trying to fix things. And I, and I actually did like that there was an emotional climax to this that is in some ways very Spider-Man-ish that he has to mm -hmm. give up on something and literally let his mom die again, which I didn't think they were gonna do this, something that dark, but he's just like, yeah, I gotta let my mom die again. And that beautiful, and I think we were all talking about, you know, crying that. That moment is yeah, powerful. Where he's just trying to hold on. If you've ever lost somebody, like just trying to hold on to that last minute when he turns yeah. Flash and say goodbye to his mom. The moment at the grocery store, thousand percent worse. Yeah, that, that is phenomenal. Like that's a he, phenomenal, memorable superhero moment. Yeah. From here on out. I, I think that lasts. What the, what I mean by go, walking right up to the line and pulling back is I love the idea that, first of all, if you're gonna say something's a temporal paradox by pointing it out, that still doesn't make it make sense. You're just, it's like uh, saying like, hey, this plot point doesn't make sense. And then just moving on. That still, you still didn't really explain how it worked. But anyway, I like that they didn't try to mess with, try to do a Thawne thing where it's like, explaining the reverse flash is gonna be way too complicated. Mm -hmm. They didn't try to bring the black racer in. They kept it very personal. Yeah. And I like the idea that the villain is ultimately a distorted version of Barry who just physically could not give up on trying to save everyone, namely his mother. Yeah. The problem is, is that they walk it back right at the last second where you start to see the sequence of his younger self going through the process of, no, if I go back, I can do one more thing. And he's getting to the point where jars of yeah. shards of metal are still sticking out of him from the last fight and the three fights before that because he refuses to stop. And I wish they had just kept going with the sequence. Instead, they just have future Barry, who's all messed up, just show up and then past Barry sacrifices himself. I'm like, no, have the conflict be with our Barry and the consequences of his actions, as opposed to just having the younger one make the save and the sac have the big sacrifice and that be it. Because what that means is that our Barry, by the time we get to that thing, he's already learned his lesson. And it's like, okay, we, we didn't, we're, there's something missing here. I got it, but it, it is writing yourself into a box because, you know, movies dictate somebody's got to be punished for these things, right? And it's like, yeah, we could have killed off. And some people thought, like, there would be a karmic punishment with Ezra Miller's Barry Allen having to, you know, be unmade and he, he remade as something else that would be. He a didn't recast. have to kill. He didn't have to die. He didn't. He just really had to just beat his future self and be like, no, but this was the mistake if that I made. I got it. Why neither one of the two berries we hung out with throughout the movie could end up being transformed fully into like a villain sure. themselves separated because why would we because punishing the other Barry that he younger Barry that he transformed that one that wouldn't but feel punishing right. the younger Barry is a reflection of our Barry making a mistake right but again in movie rules like people don't walk away feeling well they'll be like whoa you know we'd have hashtag justice for young Barry would be like I agree I yeah, it, yeah people but I'm not gonna talk though I want to I want to yeah but I, I, I get why they did the dark flash <laughs> thing as a possible variant that they could then you know get rid of and it is kind of conveniently clean and tidy that young Barry sacrifices himself we get rid of all the variant berries but eventually you do got to get rid of the clones right it's never pretty, but um, I wasn't that mad at that sequence. Like I said, I think it was the personal nature of realizing, oh, we're not gonna get 
Like nobody's solving this big Kryptonian invasion somehow. There's not going to be like a Justice League win. They need Superman to do that. Yeah. Like they're all going to die. The you know everybody's going to die. The Earth's going to get messed up, and this is all screwed up. And him having to be like, yeah, I did this, and, and it's because of my obsession, and I have to let it go. I thought was more powerful than most of the kind of things. Because I mean, even at home with a five-year-old boy, like I mean, you know, explaining to, I've had to sit him down and be like, look. I get what some of these movies are making you think, but no, that's not what like a hero always does. And I have to bring up the Luke Skywalker of it all again. Like sometimes not fighting and not doing something or sacrificing something you want is what like a hero does and Spider-Man does. And sometimes we lose sight of that when it's just like, oh, we got to beat up Invisible Army and then we win. So mm -hmm. I like that this movie went a different route than that. Um, but again, I'm not going to say <laughs> that the beginning and end bookends of this movie aren't a little choppy for me uh um, both feel like this was we've tried this a few times because the production of this movie has been a nightmare yeah and what oh, yeah. you're seeing is a frankenstein version of a few different takes. oh yeah i'm sure getting out of this was pretty hard to get out of this whole thing once you got into it but i, I am i was pleasantly surprised by how they did it and i don't think it's going to be the thing that really makes or breaks this for a lot of dc fans well, Person. and so, okay, so I know coming into this, Janelle, you were a little, you were a little uh, justice for Grant, <laughs> Grant Gustin, right? <laughs> There's a little bit of that going. How did, uh, how did, how did you feel like that played out? Like, were you satisfied with it? Are you more on oh. Connor's side? Are you more on Kofi's side? Or are you already joining your march on Nashville for Grant Gustin? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still Grant Gustin. I mean, I would just, I would love to see him have the opportunity to work with like a big studio and try this rollout for, you know, on the big, on the big screen. Uh, Granted, I don't know if he wants to continue his time with The Flash. I think it also just times out very interestingly with like the end of the Arrowverse and the end of kind of the CW stuff. Uh, but yeah, I I was able to escape into this film enough to not even think about that. Like, and, and I, I think it's about, you know, your own headspace. You have to go in knowing this isn't some preconceived notion of The Flash. Like this is Ezra's Flash and enjoy it for what it is. And that's kind of what I did. I appreciated every little moment for what they were. The only thing that I said earlier that I was kind of beefing with is that if you're gonna have all of these cameos to not even acknowledge, like to not even put Grant on the big screen one time, you, you bring Ezra to the Flash the TV show, but you won't bring Grant to the big screen. It just kind of, I, that kind of like annoyed me, but it wasn't like, ah, I'm, I hate this film because of it. Um, I just think it was like a missed opportunity. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, my favorite part was Clooney. <laughs> I know we're bringing it full circle, but I loved seeing Clooney. And obviously I was, we were all in the same theater. Everyone screamed bloody murder. I mean, I think it was the loudest reaction of the whole film. So it might've been actually. Was, I was more wrapped up in that. Well been. And also the opening sequence with the baby saving. That oh, was that's a perfect segue. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a perfect segue. So we're going to talk for, like, I want to get from everybody like one of your favorite moments. You just gave us yours. Yeah. What was one of your what was one of your most like least favorite or worst parts of the movie for you? Uh, I really don't have a least favorite. I genuinely liked the whole film. I know that's not maybe um, maybe Batman in his kitchen. Like <laughs> it was just cringy, like horny. 
that was like the only corny moment to me in the whole film. But no, I, I just really loved the movie. I can't stop thinking about it. All right there, Pete Travers. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Um, Connor, what would get you? This is a challenge for you in the opposite way. One really good moment. Then you can go in on <laughs> one really good moment is Ben Affleck accidentally holding the lasso of truth ah, so because good. I think oh, it is hilarious how anytime a director gets their hands on Ben Affleck's Batman, they immediately try to reverse what Snyder was doing and make him a little bit more likable. So I thought that I'm like, I cannot accept actually getting a thank you from somebody. I'm like, nailed it. Oh, I did hear you laugh That's at that amazing. part. You, yeah. So worst part, Connor. Now uh, it's your time to show one. Um, <laughs> you one. One. Not just ten. one. One. Um, baby in a microwave. Uh, yeah, what, what that's the, mine too. What okay, Sam let's get hell. into it. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give him a best in first. All best right. Best. Okay. So, uh, best moment is the sequence. Oh man, this is hard. So. Best moment is probably when he has to sacrifice him. That that's the most impactful moment in the entire damn movie. Like that's the best from a cinematic point of view. Like that's the best moment. I, I cry. I, I, I legit cry. That that probably is. That's a the that's grocery a, scene is the best man. Part. Like that will last with me for wherever this movie does box office whatever that will last with me forever. Like that's an amazing moment. Um, also, props to that fight scene. Sasha Kaye's Supergirl just yeah, rules. Nailing Zod oh them. my god, that fight scene when she's like in the suit and like you get the full just. Oh my god, this ruled. Worst, and this will be a perfect segue. Worst is the babies because that is your opening impression of the movie, and it is not to me. Like I was so like. What the hell? Like taken out of it? I, I was just, I, it, like it was if, not the best primer to if, get into that movie. If you want to say the multiverse look with that CGI, with like the arena looking thing, if you want to say that's an aesthetic choice, yeah. fine. There's no excuse for the babies. Ooh, it's like these are, I mean, these are rubbery and. The babies are such a, that whole sequence in the opening. So if you're just listening to this and you're not gonna go see The Flash, then the beginning sequence is Barry just trying to get breakfast. It's all about his powers, draining. That was funny. <laughs> he has low calories. He's trying to get into like a basic, a knockoff Starbucks and get like a meal. But every, it's showing you how slow time is for him to wait in line, get his meal. And as he's waiting, he gets all these, just, he gets this Justice League call. You know, Carmine Falcone's son, you know, great name drop by the way, is like stealing some stuff. Bruce needs help, is chasing him. None of the other Justice League can get to this hospital collapse, so they need Barry to get out there, and he's just kind of like, and it's funny because it's just kind of rig, like kind of ragging on the Flash, being just this like non-special, just heavy like kind of catch-all for the Justice yeah. League. Like, yo, we're busy. We know you're fast. Get out there and handle it. And he has to kind of they add the Hitchcock stakes of, oh my, calories are dropping. I can't maintain my speed. All these crazy things are happening. But it is a very strange sequence, and it is, for me, my least favorite thing about the movie, because it is. What a way to start. It was like, it doesn't break the movie. It's not like anybody's yeah. gonna get up and walk out, but it is just like, it's very overwrought. You didn't need to make it this overwrought, and they try to go for this. And I think sometimes movies do things that are just so big and stupid, like the plane crash in Superman Returns was another one of these. Everybody hyped up that plane crash sequence, yeah. mm -hmm. and all this stuff, and it cost them so much money. It took so much to film, and it's only okay when you see it. You're like, oh, that was all right. Yeah. You didn't need to blow 100 million on this by any means. And it's like, how much did this baby sequence cost? Because it is probably the most VX heavy yeah. 
intricate, overwrought sequence in this whole movie, and it's nothing we needed. And you can tell they're so proud of it because the whole dog falling thing yeah, is the credits. Back. Yeah. But all you needed was the dog. Yeah. yeah. You could. The dog was just fine. <laughs> like in our, in our current sociopathic <laughs> version of the world, everybody would have cared more about just the dog than a whole string of babies. Well, because of the world. Yeah, because then it's just, and then, like you said, my thing was, it was weird. I also have like continuing issues with how, well, how Snyder at the beginning, but also since then, they approached the Flash's power set. Like they, they, they approach at least it. made fun of his running form by having I him did try love to do that. it. He's I, I love the, the meta-ness of that. I, I don't, I'm like, every time the Flash does things sometimes, I'm just like, that's not how this works. Like that's not how the Flash's powers work. I get very comic nerdy on it. I'm like, he's not a time trial. Like, here's the thing, kudos by the way, for getting rid of the cosmic treadmill. The worst device in comic though. That thing is the dumbest thing on the planet. So kudos for that. They got rid of that and they gave him a little bubble. Which is cool, and they give him the little symbol thing. That's awesome. And yet they demanded they keep the sequence where he has to get sit in a chair and get electrocuted twice because we had to keep that in the comic, the animated version. I'm okay with that. I'm I'm okay. Look, the timer for when I can stop paying attention to this guy being charred. You got to have temples, man, and that one's one of them. You got to have it. Very good electrocuted. But his whole like the way he runs up the building to like get like I, I was just like that's like three people's powers. Like I keep having issues with that, and then the babies don't look real at all they clearly like they look like um they look like this those, is like uh what was the commercial that did it janelle will get this this the is renesme oh. in uh twilight oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right that's that what the hell that yeah, is a not whole, a real child oh, it was a whole hospital full of e-trade babies right there yeah. <laughs> and then the microwave and the microwave yeah, let's talk like, about that okay that was my least favorite single moment <laughs> because that was like as soon as these allegations about Ezra Miller and specifically the child endangerment yes. stuff came out, that was so gauche to kind of keep in this movie. Yeah, I did not feel comfortable seeing this person put a baby, even fictional, in a microwave, even if it's to protect the baby. Like once you start having to say, and I almost curse, but once you have to start saying stuff like that out yeah. loud, like, hey, well, we're putting the baby in the microwave, but it's to save them. Or there's acid and knives coming out, babies, but like, we got stuff for that. We're going to put them in a bedpan. Ha ha ha. It's like. And even without context, it's like, what are we, 12? Like, yeah, and it's what just. What the hell? And it's all like, that. that's not, that's the kind of comedy that's going to give you James Gunn problems on Twitter, right? Like, these are not the things you need to be doing. You're paying more, making it harder to film all this. And you're working for what? A baby gag so that you can catch everything? Like, we've seen the Flash's powers work. There was infinite number. First of all, that sequence does not even beat the Zack Snyder sequence of going back in time and, you know, that with the charge cool and opening Gustin's the box. Dustin's got and, half a dozen yeah. sequences that yep, go, Yeah, you're right. So Absolutely. it's a very stupid start to the movie for me. And I was just like, I hope the whole movie isn't overwrought. Now, other parts that, and this is about The Flash in general, that I think keeps it at like a 3, 3.5 for me is how uneven it is. Like... Even in that sequence alone, the parts with the dogs and the babies falling and all that looks so bad. But I, unlike Connor, I liked the Batman chase sequence part. Oh, I love that sequence. Yeah, that sequence was great to me and it's happening concurrently, it's right? Awesome. Like, it's happening at the same time. <laughs> so I'm looking at like one part of this movie so I really cool. like and looks really polished and, and fun. 
And the other part, I'm just going like, what's going on here? And it's Batfleck on a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. How? No, I, that's I, amazing. I didn't have a problem with that part. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, no, okay. that was my favorite Batman chase so scene. Cool. I think in any movie, I was trying to go over it in my head, but yeah, that's my favorite Batman chase scene in any movie. Like it, it and it was very much felt like the comics or Batman, the animated series or something like that. It's nice seeing him in the blue too. Yeah. Lighter blue. So, and these are happening at the same time, these two sequences. And so like that just kind of speaks to me about a lot of what the flash was for me. It was just like, in one moment, I'm like so engrossed and enjoying this. And the next moment I'm like, who are these E-Trade animators? Perfect, perfect way to encapsulate that. The sequence where young Barry gets his powers by the lightning shooting through old Barry. It's Mm. like, hey, I have an idea. Let's have his tooth pop out and fly into the other guy's mouth. (laughs) Yeah, that got really weird. (laughs) What? Okay, here's the thing. I didn't love the, I have a very like, I avoid WebMD. Right, because like I have a like hypochondriac kind of kind of edge to me. I Please will like I will go on a run. Going. No, no, no. I just I have to like avoid looking up things. So like if I get a cut or whatever, I can't look up stuff because like I will go down a rabbit hole. So when the when the tooth flies into his mouth, I went, oh, that's that's gross. And then I was like, oh, what happens if you like <laughs> swallow a tooth? And I was like, oh man, it's it got edgy. So like it'll cut the lining like that. So like my head, I went down a very you like long list of things and I went, oh, I gotta stop. And then like, I I missed like a good solid two minutes of footage because <laughs> I was already processing this. But the moment later when he, when it gets knocked out, I left. So it's one of those weird things of like, I don't, I, I don't understand why it didn't have to be in there. It didn't need that. However, there was like, I can see, I agree with Kaikofi's unevenness. Like there's unevenness even in that joke. I got I laughed at the second part. So the so the payoff was there. But the first part was just so maybe if it just doesn't land in his mouth. Maybe that's like I don't know. There was just a well, it's like the baby thing. They had to take it a step further. It didn't yeah. need to be. Just knock out his tooth. That's funny. Well, yeah, him knocking out the tooth, gluing it back in, that's and funny. at the very end it falling out is yeah. a great callback gag. That's like yeah. my favorite sitcom. It was funny. That's like an always sunny thing. Ah, I forgot to talk about it. it's always sunny today on the podcast. Yes, I don't like. Anyway, this is not that show, but I just remembered that I was supposed to talk about that. But anyway, going back, because I had Evan here. Oh my God. Anyway, so the tooth jag <laughs> didn't okay? work. It didn't work because they, yeah, that part with going into, in, I was out of it too, but not for the reason I wasn't going all WebMD. I'm like, is it, I started getting this existential crisis. Like, is it weird if your tooth gets knocked out and into another version of you? Is that weird or is that okay? Well, then it's we're getting like, into the yeah. whole Loki and Sylvie thing. Like, what do we even call yeah, that? And it's, and it's like, just like, why do we have a term for it? Because it physically can't exist. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but it was just things I didn't need to think about. And again, things we didn't need to spend time animating. Right. Nope. So it's just like we didn't need to add that. But, you know, that's that's what this movie kind of is. Like I said, it doesn't always know when to rein it in and just kind of like stop some stuff. But uh, and then it, you're going to not you're going to bring in Michael Shannon which Boardwalk Empire fans know. The best way to use him is to have him slowly build his way up until he freaking loses it. He was half awake in this movie. Oh, I mean, have you watched the interview with him recently? He's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, he was just like, he was just like, yeah, they called me and I was like, I'm dead. Do you know I'm dead? (laughs) And they're like, yeah. He's like, it's a multiverse. (laughs) I don't know what that is. I will find you. Like, that, voices that need to be a regular like, feature Zod on the show. back. But they didn't really use Zod. And like, again, and Michael Shannon even says he's like, yeah, I was there for like a week or two. And I don't know. I went because Zach said I should go. And that's the only reason he was in this. He was like, he was ready to say F you to Warner Brothers and DC. He's like, you did Zach, Zach dirty. And he was like, all right, Zach said it's cool. I'm coming. 
So that's the only reason he's back in this. And again, it's a fake out, right? Like we saw in the trailers and we think there's gonna be this epic war with the Kryptonians and Supergirl is gonna be the one who defeats them instead of Superman and save the world. But it's not, it's a fake out. Mm. They're just- See, I, I liked that. So did I. Yeah, I like the unpredictability. Like, I, I think that was smart. My issue with it is what kind of Connor alluded to, and you even talked about this. The movie is not the wrap up in a bow fix all that we were kind of led thinking it yeah. was. Okay. Because we were kind of led to believe, hey, a new status quo, this movie is so important and it has to release because it's going to establish this new status quo that we can have moving forward, which is cherry pick the best parts and then get rid of the stuff that either doesn't make sense anymore, or we can't legally use and all that other junk and let's move on. And this movie muddies the waters enough that by the end, you're like, you almost need- Literally at the end. You need, you need like, okay, well now I need something else to kind of define that because this was supposed to define it. So it's, it's weird. However, I want more, like this movie did enough to, I want Sasha as, Supergirl in some form or fashion. I don't know if she has to be the Supergirl or you change or whatever, but like this movie did enough to bring that character out. And I was like, I want more of her. And you just kind of didn't give me any sort of indication on what's here, what's not. When when Superman Legacy comes out in fill date here. Yeah. None of this is July 11th, matter. 2025. Right. So that's, but I'm just like, this was supposed to. This was supposed to answer questions, and in many ways it did not, and it just asked more. <laughs> you have more questions coming out of this than you did going in. So I don't know, I just, that part disappointed me that it, there wasn't a finer point on that, that there wasn't something to like link onto and, and move forward. But I want more Sasha, because I love that character. I love that take. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is getting to be a problem with superhero content in general, it's like, I, I feel like they're losing the metal to actually put fine points on everything. It's like, this is just all becoming TV. It's just like, next time, find out next time on DC Universe. So like, yeah, this movie is not at all like the end all, like you said, it literally leaves us on the bigger question of, hey, is this our Clooney is just a one-off? And I'm not convinced like you guys, because I was right about The Rock and that whole Fast and Furious thing. And I have a crazy idea that I might be right about this. I think they could be crazy enough to actually bring in Clooney for the Brave and the Bold as an older Batman. If dad. that happens, I am completely down. Yeah, me too. And I think <laughs> I that's the thing that people that. haven't, this is just the launch pad to test those waters, but I think more people would be down with it as, I mean, TikTok's gonna be like, he is daddy bat. Like, you know, I don't know <laughs> he if is his father. I don't know if Clooney's biting on that. Like, didn't Batman and Robin kind of derail his career there for a minute? He did, but now he's like a, but he's different now. Like he's, he's untouchable. a late game, yeah. he's a late game dad. You know? Also, that like, was probably yeah. part of it. If if they were to do enough to, if they were able to get him back for more than a one-off cameo, which is by the way, in itself, as he has talked about in numerous interviews when asked about Batman, he'll say he's the worst Batman, yeah. he's not whatever. And he'll talk about it in the negative connotation, right? Yes, Clooney does though in his diplomatic way. So if they were able to do enough to get him back for a project, it would probably be with the promise of, you're gonna have some actual meat on this bone. You're gonna come back with this. Like you don't get a Clooney and at this point in his career without some of those promises and, having to be in stone. And David's and you know, David Zaslav is very much, he made it clear like what the mandate that Warner Brothers Discovery is thinking about. Big movies, big stars, right? Like people who are gonna pack a marquee. And after them going through this film <laughs> and trying to market something with like an Ezra Miller, 
I think that you saw what Zaslav's thinking. You know what, what he said. This became the Michael Keaton Michael movie Keaton. featuring The Flash. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Here's Michael Keaton and Affleck. In the advertising, anyway. It's actually, other people. It's not that bad in the movie, but in the you might as well have thought this was a Batman yeah, movie exactly. by the commercials. Well, okay. So, like, okay, Janelle is perfect for this because you, when we were talking about Batman and Son as the part of the new DC slate, I remember you not being, like, super like super intrigued by that also there's been batman burnout however if george clooney <laughs> was older batman and they got like some rising star or whatever for damien would that be enough to get you like excited about what that could be no what no, really he's not batman oh sorry he's, for the mics I he's to me he's just he's not batman it's it's it was just a one-off thing it was cool to see it was like a call to the past but okay. like I, it's just chair, it's hard for me to look at george clooney as an actor anymore i don't really see him in a lot of things like he's not out there trying to do much besides sell tequila and everybody's which I love in on that tequila, tequila business way. man that thing is um <laughs> but i just i don't i he uh, i didn't i didn't like affleck in this role i didn't oh, because i soul. just don't I, he, I don't like the roles that I'm seeing him in. He doesn't. It's just give me somebody new. I just need just a whole okay. reset well, that's situation, true. please. Honestly, Clooney 62. Like if you're going to have him be Batman, this might as well be a Batman Beyond movie. I mean, I think it could be and just not the way we think. It's not McGinnis. Just no, yeah, I mean, just, I could yeah. see um, like Clooney when what's Dylan O'Brien and Clooney like together. They already had Keaton and O'Brien together. They need the, the kid from uh, um, Gosh, what's the freaking show with uh, Elliot Page? Uh, Umbrella Academy. Movie. Yeah, Umbrella Academy. The kid, the kid that's actually the sixty some odd. Oh, five. Man. The guy five. five. Oh, yeah. Everyone circled him as like he should be Nightwing or something. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I could see that. Like, yeah. How old is Dylan Bryan? But and that kid are five. You could flip those roles around. But yeah, I mean, I could see a Clooney Bat family. Like I could, and I could see them doing something crazy like this. Um, I'm just putting it out there now. It probably will be a one-off, but again, I was right about the rock in that Fast and Furious thing, so <laughs> I'm putting my chips on the table. Got to learn to trust myself, but um, yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Any other things you guys want to talk about? Any other kind of bigger DCU questions you have after this? I I think the fan reactions are gonna be one of two things. You're either over 40 and you love it because of Keaton, or you're under 40 and you're like, this is how we're ending the DCEU, and that's yeah. going to be the split. Ooh, yeah, I can't wait. How do you think that? Let's talk about that. What's going to be the Snyder bro reaction to this? They made uh, Cavill's not in it. They made Affleck a joke. Me. I mean, that's already kind of happening. Yeah, we've we've had some interesting posts that I've had to delete off some of our. Uh, comic book nation twitter post about this movie and our reactions to oh and it. i'm sure the sasha kaye response is going to be lovely oh man yeah and it shouldn't be she was she was dope she's man. great but yeah but uh yeah that's but the be. movies i like I t i'm used to that yeah Re I mean. <laughs> that stupid reaction i also tune out almost all <laughs> snyder bro comments on, on oh, yeah. social because oh, those don't those always you know it's, it felt like everything i was writing for a minute was just like oh well, this is the cyberverse and it like just overwhelmed everything i was like please go you know suck Away. a rock I want to say, uh, yeah, people, not enough is being said about uh, Mary Bell Verdu, who plays Nora Allen, Barry's mom in this. Uh, oh, yeah, she's she first, fantastic. she manned us all out in E2 Mama, Tambien, and now she's making us feel like little boys again in this movie. So that's a nice, like, little, yeah. She took us from little boys into maturity. Now we're back to little boys again. But uh, mm. she's a fantastic 
Spanish actress. And yeah, she really does anchor down a really key pivotal piece of this movie that would not work. Um, the biggest surprise for me was finding out that Barry Allen is half Latino. Yeah, because his dad's the dude from Office Space. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed. Well, how did he get none of the, like, the swag? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Um, yeah, there are some weird, there's also some weird people in this movie. They bloated this movie with people like, I don't think Iris West really needed to be in this at all. Kiersey Clemens, I think that was just a shout out for her to finally get to do yeah, something. Yeah, because she had been mm-hmm. teased for so long. Yeah, it also looked like they just brought her in for a day and threw a trench coat on her and were like, all right. And, and just some painfully awkward conversations. Yeah. Um, and the roommate characters, which I don't know why they were really into this movie. But uh, yeah, those things were that was that was those were kind of weird. That sequence made me laugh, though. Not it was. Lie. I mean, it was funny it was because funny. everything in this movie is just so quirky, weird and funny. It was funny. And it's just almost like a comedy sitcom. <laughs> the in whole the tattoo scene. Yeah. When he like oh when he puts up his lips leg, but again, his leg. so weird <laughs> yeah but it's it so weird uh, dude, is it upside down yeah he puts his leg in the air <laughs> I mean so good props to that big man for being able to stretch like that that was an impressive leg grab but uh, flexibility is important kids yes it is uh, yeah got to get that it band working you know but um yeah there were just but it was just like weird elements in this but again. I'm I find it uneven because those were the idiosyncratic things that made this feel like its own movie, mm-hmm. its own world, and not just a DC baloney conveyor belt product, which it very much was. Um, there's a lot that I, I mean, we are just full disclosure, we're recording this about a week out from release date. And so there are some things I'm interested to see if they're different in the finished film. Like some of those sequences in the time bubble and stuff like that, where we see the alternate realities and stuff was so as connor's not kidding when he said to us in our version of the film we saw it looked like polar express beowulf bad like from the early days of man pulling out some some cuts man Uh, we all did our (laughs) eyes did but um yeah so i'm wondering if like they just don't have a room full of programmers they're beating with a whip right now to get all of this fully rendered all the animators were busy making spider-verse true but um yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if that makes it into the final film, because if it does, that is that's kind of rough. But uh, we're going to be careful on some of that because, yeah, they did tell us it was an unfinished cut of the movie. We know that the ending is what we're going to get. Because mm-hmm. I checked with Warner Brothers. You guys got Clooney at the end of this movie. The end. But yeah, some of the effects and stuff, I'm kind of wondering because the ones that are like, because there are moments that, like, yeah, he's running through time and watching the trailer right now, which are spectacular mm-hmm. looking. Yeah. And then other places, like, yeah, who 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 put the settings back on PS2? Like, you know? But, uh, yeah, so we just want to see how that things. And, yeah, the I think the fan conversation around this is going to be wild. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to probably do another whole show just trying to pull that all in and what people are actually saying. But... For now, these are our impressions of full spoiler impressions of the Flash movie. Do you guys have anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Third best superhero movie I've seen in six weeks. <laughs> if that gives you an indication. What was the, what were the other Spider-Verse? Spider-Verse and Guardians. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is, well, huh. I don't know if I like this less or more than Guardians. I don't know. What? That's kind of, 
Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of you kids. I just smile through all your nonsense when you start dropping wrong opinions. Like Guardians <laughs> is the greatest thing ever. Okay, I sure. Did, didn't say that. I didn't. Even you see all. It. I've sat around I here. I didn't. Let's see not it go into this. I've sat around comic book for six years. I've heard it all. You guys love your Guardians. I do not. I like the first I just, one. If you can't tell, I just keep that under my hat a lot. Um, you yeah. love your guardian. Man, where'd that come from? I love your guardian. You know, you love your guardian. <laughs> where'd that come from? Oh my God, this is my Star Wars. Oh, okay. Wow, um, man, all of it, all the spice I, is coming out yeah, today. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I love Guardians 3 too, so it, it's kind of, it's a toy toss up, <laughs> really, I'm not sure. And then you come back to It doesn't that. matter, Spider-Verse kills all of it. Oh, yes. I mean, so it doesn't really matter. I really enjoyed this movie. I, I too. More, way more than I thought I would. Same here. Yeah. Seeing this is really hurt if, like I saw, Spider-Verse, four days later I see this. That really hurts this movie because I'm still thinking about Spider-Verse. I haven't yeah. thought about this at all. I saw him back to back too and I think that was the thing I was most surprised about because when I sat down to the for the Flash, I mean, let's just get into it. I, I was just like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. I just saw Spider-Verse and ooh, that's a hard act to follow. And I mean, I saw them like days apart and I was just like, no, I still like this very much. Like, I still enjoyed this. Janelle, what do you do? Final final thoughts, Does anything stick out? Final thoughts, I mean, I, I just, I really enjoyed this film and I'm just, I think it's just More than exciting Guardians. because I really thought I was gonna hate it. I yeah. genuinely thought that I was not gonna like it. So I'm, I'm very happily surprised and, uh, and I think it does play out differently in a in a theater. I think it will. Same with, with like Spider Verse. Like you, these are films you kind of want to see in the theater. Yeah. I agree. There was there is something to that. Like everyone popping at the same time when you're mm -hmm. at a live wrestling show and everyone pops for someone's entrance. It's the same thing when when people pop at the Clooney moment yeah. or the Nicolas Cage like or or even just like everyone's super quiet during the berries scenes with his mom like mm -hmm. those yeah. that matters yeah. that yeah. does no, have an a, effect i would say agree this is not an hbo max wait this is a theatrical experience it's there's true. a lot that this is made to be the rare thing and i don't think this gets said enough about this movie you know they did do the one thing that people have been asking for and i feel like people aren't saying it enough but they were saying dc movies need to be more fun more enjoyable and not in a marvel co carbon copy kind of sure way. And this movie definitely does that. Like it is a crowd pleasing blockbuster movie. People laugh, cry, go, oh, at the same time. Even the stuff we saw in theater still played well when you were in, or in the trailers and you were like, okay, that's on the nose corny, like the Keaton lines. They played well in a theater. Yeah. Cause even if you were first like, we're like, okay, he said I'm Batman, that's kind of corny. There were all these people that were just around you who were just like, yes! And when you get to the, you know, nuts let's get nuts moment, that's after he's had an arc, right? He's yeah. come back, he's gonna join them and he's got the mask off and he says it, it works because yeah. of the context that matters. I agree, cause when I saw those in the trailer, I was like, oh, on this. That's, that's a little mm -hmm. much, um, but you know, those, those work. Because honestly, if he didn't say those, you'd have a bunch of people pissed off that he didn't say certain lines. Those lines are oh. synonymous with him. The, the olds were gonna love this no matter what he said or did. It's Keaton as Batman. Not, so not, tr not true though. Olds have also. shown, as an old, olds have shown <laughs> that we don't just like everything no. when you stick someone that we know in there. There yeah. have been plenty of things yeah, that have been ruined yeah. because they weren't executed, right? No, but I think, and Keaton, I think, I believe he ad-libbed the I'm Batman. Like, yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah. Like, and like, yeah. that's why it also works. It's because it is him organically fitting it in. And mm. so it kind of works better that way. But um, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about in coming weeks. We can only fit so much in this one spoilers podcast. Do we leave out, we sometimes leave out really big things because we're so obsessed with certain things. 
Is there anything we left out or missed that you guys want to talk about? If you meet your if you meet yourself from ten years ago, you would think they'd suck. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah, oh that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. half oh, the joke absolutely. of this movie. Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yes. I was. I would. I hated suck. American Idol, Janelle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. If you don't look at an old photo of yourself, like, and you're like, oh, a little bit, that means you didn't. You, if you're still like, still got it, that means you're that person. You're Ben Affleck from Days of Confused, you know? I would slop. Like, I or would Matthew slap McConaughey. Holiday. Sorry, you're Matthew McConaughey from Days of Confused, right? You're not getting it. You are the joke. So, like, yeah. Yeah, there is, there is, that was my favorite part. And the hardest part about this is Ezra Miller doing a spectacular job acting against Ezra Miller mm-hmm. in their conversations with each other. It that was really fun and just yelling at your other self and younger self. So yeah, there there are a lot of good parts with that. And even the younger Ezra with the laugh and all that stuff, like it was in fact, could have been really bad and cringe, but it actually was really effective. So that is also the movie's biggest problem that you can't get over the fact that the star is a major talking point mm-hmm. of why this movie works in any kind of way. So final thoughts, let's go out on a dark note because this is Comic Book Nation, this ain't phase zero. We're the ones who have the switchblades in our pockets. So let's use those switchblades now. Do you think Ezra Miller's coming back after this? Nope, because I don't think this ever gets touched on again. Okay. Matt? Mm, I don't think so. But I I just think it's, uh, yeah, I don't think so. Janelle? No, and I'm okay with it. I feel like a beautiful little present has been wrapped up and the story's good. Just let it be. Oh, good answer. I want that answer. Yes, I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my whole, clo- my whole Clooney theory falls apart if they go the route, and I think it's the smartest, safest route of saying, as we saw, you know, there's a whole bunch of those little spinning worlds yeah. out there. We closed off one. Now let's go explore another mm-hmm. and let's just start fresh and you avoid so many problems. But yeah, this is always Hollywood and this is America. Again, if America discovers a new star from this movie, I'm a cynical bastard. Mm-hmm. I'm a Logan Roy. Yeah, but you don't even thing. have to do that because you there was just, there just, was crossover. Like the people were all moved around, reality's different. All you have yeah. to do, if you wanted to use Sasha, all you have to do is go, she's, like she's in this world. Like you don't have to. No, no, but I'm just saying if, but what I'm saying is if people discover Ezra Miller through this movie and there's so much hype and buzz and interest in them. I don't even. I'm a cynical I, bastard. And I think I've done this long enough to think that Hollywood's going to try to cash in on I don't it. even think that works. Cause A, he was in Justice League and B, he's already in the Harry Potter Fantastic Beast franchise. Like enough people at least recognize the face. Also, you can just go, My my point is not that they won't do another one if it's super successful and he is but you already have his world built like that's the point it wouldn't affect your other plans you literally just go if you want to do it which i i don't think that's something that should happen but i say if you want to you just go back to this world it's the world with Clooney is bruce wayne it's the world you fill it out with whoever you want but you all of that takes place on this world doesn't have to necessarily affect your new world you i think you've set it up to where you can have both Oh yeah, you definitely have. You should, and they're already they doing shouldn't that. impact. Joker, the Batman. Yeah, they like, shouldn't impact each other. That. That's the whole point of an Elseworlds. That's why we should have been doing Elseworlds from the freaking beginning, like I said five years ago, because that's what sets you apart from Marvel. And then Marvel kind of slowly crept up and started doing all the multiverse stuff ahead of time kind before of, all them. Kind of. So I'm saying, like, that's what makes Elseworlds appealing. 
You can have them all do. How many Batman stories are there all in their own little worlds? And no one cares because they're good into under two themselves. Make a speeding bullets movie. You just, I was just saying, man, you know, holy terror. Like, yeah. right. <laughs> like do it. But I'm saying that like, you can do it. And that doesn't whether people like that or don't you. It doesn't affect Batman because yeah. they're all their own little worlds. The world doesn't need a holy the terror same. movie. I'm just saying that's one of them, though. That's not what, even a Batman story. I'm saying it's terror. No, I'm saying the point is it's a separate adventure. Like it's a separate thing. It doesn't have to. If you wanted to do four Green Lantern stories, they don't have to intermingle. You can do four different stories on four different worlds and it's okay. So I think you're in the camp with me with we're gonna wait and see what Hollywood decides. Yeah, this. pretty much. All right. All that to so say. So we're that. still in the same place. All right, everybody. I think we're gonna cap it there. I think we have done all we can do with the flash. Thank you very much for tuning into our bonus episode. If this is one of your first experiences with Comic Book Nation, please do subscribe to Comic Book Nation's page on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe on Apple or Apple Podcast and Spotify. And join us every week. We launch our live show every Friday at noon Eastern. We invite everybody to tune in and talk with us. We have regular fans. We have a whole regular fandom that chats with us every week and gets into all these things we're arguing about up here, and we'd love for you to join us. You can also find our full reactions to The Flash and our review show will be coming up, and by the time you hear this, those will all be out there, so be sure to check those out as well because I'm sure we have some evolved thinking in some of those places and some more depth to go into. So. Check that all out, and we will see you guys on our regular show on Comic Book Nation on Fridays. Peace.